here, our God statement this week is, God is our Father. Everybody say, God is our Father. I'll say it like you're happy to be in church. Say, God is our Father. God is our Father. Very, very good. So, last week we talked about looking to Jesus as the one who's worthy of our faith, who can carry us to the end. And now we're going to wrap up with, God is our Father. Can you do me a favor and can we stand for the reading of God's word this morning? This is God's word. This is God's written, holy, perfect word that he speaks to us in. And the reason we stand, you don't need to stand when I'm just talking because my words aren't worthy of that much respect. But this is God's word. He actually speaks to us through scriptures. When we read the Bible, God is speaking. Everybody say God speaks. God speaks. So we're going to read this passage together. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 3. Consider him, he's talking about Jesus. Everybody say, consider Jesus. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Verse five. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, he's quoting from the book of Proverbs here. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines, everybody say discipline. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. Everybody say discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, everybody say discipline. And everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Verse 8, moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us. One more time, say discipline. And we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Don't we know that's true? No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however... It produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I'm going to say this is the word of the Lord, and you're going to say thanks be to God. This is the word of the Lord. Lord Jesus, we come to you today wanting to submit to your word. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would come and that you would even just walk the aisles right now, that you would come and be present. For those of us whose minds are distracted, would you call our attention to you? And Lord, I ask that our word, that your word would speak clearly to all of our hearts today. Lord, I ask that even me as a, somebody who's trying to preach and who doesn't always submit to your discipline well, Lord, I ask that, that you would pierce my heart as well and that the words that I speak, Lord, would come from you, Lord, and that you would, the things that need to be heard would be heard today in your presence, Lord, and that you would come and do a work, that you would remind us of your character as our good and loving Father today. So Lord, may the words of the preacher's mouth and the meditation of the hearer's hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Everybody said? Amen. You guys can grab a seat. I have never met anyone in my life who enjoys discipline. Have you? I've never met anybody who enjoys discipline. There's one or two people who maybe do and You might want to get that checked out. It's a little crazy. But I've never met anybody that enjoys discipline. How many of you were like spanked as a kid? Was that a thing? Yeah, see, it's real. That's right. This is this is a Christian church for sure. You're spanked as a kid. How many of you, how many of you like timeout was the thing? 
you guys have like the timeout chair in the corner? Yeah? Grounded, anybody? Oh, who gets their phone taken away? Yeah, see, that's the one. Ooh, so you know. How many of you are undergoing discipline like right now? Yeah, there's a few. There's a few. I remember what was worse. Hey, let's lock in. Let's pull in. What was, when I think about discipline growing up, what I always think of is usually my mom would discipline us, usually because I'd be fighting with my sister or something. And, and that was always bad. I never enjoyed that discipline, but you knew it was bad when mom looked at you and she said, you just wait until your father gets home. Ooh, right? Like that was the one. It's like, oh, no, this is, it's not good. <laughs> this is not going to end well for me. I was like, no, 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 mom. Like, you can do it. You can do it. It's like, no, you just wait until your father gets home. And then you sit on the couch for what seemed like hours and hours awaiting the fate <laughs> that was on our way. But I've never met anyone who enjoys discipline, but discipline has a purpose. Everybody say discipline has a purpose. If you noticed in that passage we just read, in seven short verses, it uses the word discipline ten times. Seven verses, the author uses the word discipline ten times. And what he's getting after is that discipline has a purpose. Our parents discipline us. None of us enjoy it. I still don't enjoy it. But they do it for a purpose, to make us into the kind of person that we're made to be. And what the author of Hebrews is getting after is that we, just like you and I need discipline from our earthly parents, from the people that care for us, we need discipline from God. We need discipline from God. So here's what I want to do. I just want to look really quickly at two reasons God disciplines us, and then we'll sing a song and we'll be done. Sound good? Can you guys track with me for two points? All right. Point one, look at this. God disciplines us because he is a loving father. God disciplines us because he is a loving father. Look at verse 7 again. It says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. Say, God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad owned a karate school, and I'm laughing because every time I start a story like that, Mateo's like, oh no, like what's coming? You shouldn't tell this story. But it's true. When I was growing up in Texas, my dad owned a karate school. And when I was about y'all's age, when I was about 13 years old, this might not mean anything to you guys, but I got my blue belt. And you guys, getting your blue belt's like a big deal. You move up. Are there any like karate people in here? Any taekwondo people? Yeah. See, I got my blue belt. And the thing about getting a blue belt is, is that you're not like one of the little kids anymore. When you get a blue belt, it's like, you're kind of a big deal. Like, you know some stuff. Like, the other kids in class, like, look up to you. They know. And some of my buddies from church, they were in karate, too. And they had gotten their blue belts as well. And I grew up in a small church, and we had, like, a big lawn in the front yard of the church. And on Wednesday nights before a youth group, we would all play out in the lawn. We'd play volleyball or football or whatever. But me and all my buddies had just tested for a blue belt. And there was kind of this discussion going on among us of, like, who was the real karate master? Like, who was the actual toughest guy around? And we're all hanging out in the, in the lawn in front of church before youth group. And all of a sudden, it kind of starts going. It's like, man, who do you think's the toughest? Oh, yeah, man, I don't know. I think it's probably me. I was like, no, I think it's me. Like, I think I could take you down. No, bro, you couldn't take me down. It's like, I don't know. I think I could. And all of a sudden, it's like, you want to find out? You want to find out? And we're, I'm bumping into other guys. And all of a sudden, you look, and we're out in the front lawn of the church before youth group. And we're squaring up, like, ready to go. I'm about to show everybody what I am made of. I'm ready to swing. I got my hands right here. And right as I pull back for the first punch, I look through the window of the church, and I see my dad. 
And my dad looks at me, and the most terrifying look that only a dad can give, he looked at me, he said, you, get in here now. <laughs> Have you guys ever had that look from your dad before? Pulled in, and I just take the walk of shame, I just, I drop my, my hands down, and I, I walk in, and he looked at me, and he said, if I ever <laughs> see you trying to throw hands with kids at church again, he said, karate's done for you, you understand? He said, real men don't start fights. Real men respect people. Real men don't do that to one another. And not only did he save me from a lot of embarrassment, he probably saved me from a couple of black eyes as well. <laughs> because as much as I like to think that I was really good, I'm really not. I don't remember hardly anything. And I wasn't very good at karate. But I remember walking in and my dad disciplined me. But the question I asked was, is, why did my dad not discipline all those other kids? They were ready to throw hands too. Like there was four of us out there and we were about to start a youth group gang fight. <laughs> but, but why did my dad just punish me, which by the way, don't get any ideas when we dismiss today, please. But he was about, he was, why did he not discipline the other kids? Why did he just discipline me? Because I was his son. Those other kids weren't his son. You understand? I belonged to my dad and he loved me and he knew that's my son and no son of mine is going to screw up his life like that and act like that. Because he's my son, I'm calling him higher. Everybody say, call me higher. He's, he disciplined me and not the other ones because I was his son. So what's the author of Hebrews getting after? Is that God disciplines us because we are his children. A father who doesn't discipline his kids is actually not a loving father at all. Do you know what fathers who don't care do? They just kind of turn the other way, right? If I don't care about somebody and I see them doing something stupid, I just say, ah, like, whatever, that's, that's on them. But if I care about somebody, if I want them to grow into the kind of person that God has designed them to be, I discipline them. Discipline is an expression of love. We don't like to think about it that way. When we talk about God as our father, we think a lot about kindness. We think a lot about love. But what we forget is what every good father does is discipline his kids. Every good father disciplines us. Why is it an act of love? Because when we discipline somebody, we're calling them into the person they were made to be. God disciplines us <laughs> Because he loves us where we are, right where you are, no matter what kind of sin you're in, no matter where you are in your walk with Jesus, God loves you, but he loves you so much that he doesn't want to leave you where you are, but take you into who he's called you to be. Are you following me? Yes? Two people. That's okay. That's good. So why? Fathers discipline us because they call us into the kind of person that we're made to be, and how much more so with God who created us. When God, who created, when God created you, he knew exactly. He had a vision in his mind of who he called you to be. And discipline, when he sees you acting in ways that are not in line with who you're made to be, he'll discipline you and call you back. Look at verse 9. The author of Hebrews says, Moreover, it's a fun word, moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? Verse 10 up there. They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good. Everybody say for our good. For our good. In order that we may share in his holiness. What's he getting after? He's saying that every one of our fathers, they all discipline us based on what they think is best for us. There's a reason that your father and mother discipline you when you fight with your siblings or when you try to skip school, or when you don't do your homework. Not that any of you would have ever done anything like that, but there's a reason, there's a reason your parents discipline you when that 
happens because they are trying to get you in line with what they know is best for you. But here's what the author of Hebrews is saying. God knows what's best for you. Our parents are imperfect, and sometimes they discipline in, on, in not the right way. Sometimes they discipline because they think they know what's best for us, but maybe they don't. But God always knows what's best. Somebody say always. God always knows what's best. So why is God's discipline good for us? Because he disciplines for our good, and God is never wrong about what's good for us. You following me? I, I think it's hard. Whenever we talk about God as a father, I recognize that some of you um, have had fathers who have maybe not disciplined you in the most godly way. There might be some of you, whenever you hear the word discipline, the first thought you think of is anger. And maybe you even think of abuse. You think of, you think of yelling, you think of screaming, you think of insults, or maybe you even think of being physically harmed. And, and number one, I just want to say this, my friends, if that's what you associate with discipline, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's not what it was designed to be. That's not what it's made to be. But God is not like that. When God disciplines us, it is always because he has a good end in mind. And even when he is firm with us, he is always kind and gentle. God is a good, good father. Somebody say God is a good father. God never, ever, ever disciplines you out of hate or because he's tired of you. God doesn't look down and he's just been like, that's it. I've had it with that kid one too many times. And he just disciplines and he gets it out of the way. He sees who he's called you to be and he calls you into it through discipline. And some of you maybe have parents who don't discipline you at all. <laughs> some of you maybe are just able to kind of run free and do whatever you want. What I'm telling you is that that's actually not good for you either. The reason that discipline is good news, thanks Ben. The reason that discipline is good news is because without discipline, we will never become mature adults. We'll never become the kind of people that God desires. So friends, we can't always understand God's discipline. God disciplines us in many ways. Sometimes it comes through rebuke. Have you ever been reading the scripture before and Jesus points something out and you're like, oh, that's me. <laughs> I do that. When Jesus, when Jesus talks about anger, when he talks about unforgiveness, and you realize, oh, that's me, or maybe you get rebuked through a friend, uh, through a leader at church, or maybe one of the main ways God disciplines us is through hard situations. Maybe you've gone through loss. Maybe you've gone through disappointment. And what happens with that is that it's, God allows those things into our lives, not because he enjoys punishing us, but because when we go through difficult circumstances, it calls us, one, closer to Jesus and dependence on him, and it makes us who we are supposed to be. So if God disciplines you, friends, be glad. Everybody say, be glad. If God disciplines you, be glad because, why? God never, ever brings anything into our lives that is not for our good. So God disciplines us because he is a loving father, and because he's a loving father, here's point two. God disciplines us to make us holy. Everybody say, make us holy. God disciplines us to make us holy. Look at verse 10. They disciplined us, talking about our earthly fathers, for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant. Say, discipline's not fun. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I said at the beginning that discipline 
has a purpose. Discipline has a goal that is for our good. I'll, I'll tell the story really fast. I ran track in high school. I wasn't any good, but I did run track in high school. And one semester, we had uh, spring break training. We all went on spring break, but we were still supposed to show up for practice. And you guys, none of us showed up for practice. The whole team, we all skipped <laughs> spring break practice. And I remember we walked back to 6 a.m. practice on Monday that next week, and Coach Rogers was standing there, and he goes, morning, boys. I'm like, morning, Coach Rogers. <laughs> and he looked at us, and he said, not a single one of you was here last week. And we said, yeah. And he goes, that's okay, that's okay. We're going to go down and run until one of you throws up. <laughs> we told him, we're going to go down and run until one of you throws up. And we ran 300 after 300 after 300, not stopping. And then finally he said, okay, that's enough 300s. And nobody had thrown up yet, and we thought we had gotten off the loop. He said, all right, 100 sprints down the field, down and back, down and back. And I'm proud, I guess, to report, my teammates were relieved that the one who threw up was, in fact, me. And I was the one who ended rehearsal, uh, rehearsal, sorry, can you tell I'm a musician, who ended practice. No, wait, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Man. I'm glad that my suffering invokes a response. It's great. Um, <laughs> But why did he do that? Why did Coach Rogers, why did Coach Rogers decide to punish us after skipping spring break? Was it just because he hated us? That's what we thought, for sure. That's what we thought. But he knew that if we didn't put in the work, we weren't going to have a successful season. So his discipline was for a purpose. He said, you boys want to be good at track? You want to have a good season? You got to show up. So discipline is for a purpose. Everybody say it's for a purpose. And God's purpose in discipline is holiness. Let me say holiness. Holy, that word means set apart. Holy, it's like a church word that we don't understand very often, but God is holy because he is different from us. He's set apart. And God calls us to be holy, to be different, to be different from the world around us, to be different from our friends at school, and to become holy, to become like Jesus. I think that's the best way to think about holiness is to become like Jesus. And friends, if I can just say this, the goal of this whole thing, not discipline, I'm talking about like being a Christian, the goal of this whole thing is to become like Jesus. I'm not interested in just kind of showing up and like, oh, my sins are forgiven, and then I go back and I do my normal life at school, and I think about church on Sundays and Wednesdays. God's goal for your life is that one day you will look like Jesus. The book of 1 John says that when we see Jesus face to face, one day we will be like him. But until that moment, we're supposed to be growing towards that step by step. Paul says in 2 Corinthians that we are all being transformed to look like Jesus in ever increasing glory. What does that mean? It means step by step by step. So God disciplines us to make us look like Jesus. Fun sermons and desperation conference and retreats and worship songs and all that are good and needed but they're not enough. If you and I are going to become mature, whole followers of Jesus who look like him, we need discipline. You following? Okay. <laughs> when the Lord disciplines us, that is the training that we need. Whether we go through a hard situation where there's a disappointment, we wanted something to work out a certain way and it didn't. Maybe we go through loss. <laughs> Maybe we lose somebody that we love. I'm not saying that the Lord always causes those things, but the Lord allows those things into our lives. Why? To push us back to him when he rebukes us through his word, when people in the church call us higher out of our sin, he rebukes us, he disciplines us to make us more like him. Look at verse 11. Do we have verse 11 up there? It says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. 
Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace. Everybody say righteousness and peace. Righteousness, that is looking like Jesus. It's being righteous. And if you want a peaceful life, friends, an undisciplined life is a life of chaos. (laughs) If you want to be always anxious, if you want to be always at unrest, that is what happens when we are not disciplined. But when we submit to what the Lord is saying to us, it brings peace. Discipline brings peace. Why? Because peace comes when we live a life where we look like Jesus. Worship team, you guys can come up whenever you're ready. Let's look at verse 12. Beginning in verse 12. This is how the writer of Hebrews says we should respond to discipline. He says, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be, what's that word? Holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Friends, this is why God's discipline is so beautiful. (laughs) We need to be holy. In other words, being holy means being like Jesus, we need to be growing in that. We need holiness or we will not see the Lord, which that sentence by itself can actually be really terrifying because every one of us recognizes that we are not holy, that we are not like Jesus. But God, as a loving father, disciplines us. Why? Because as he disciplines us, he makes us look more and more like Jesus. And what happens the more we look like Jesus, right? If without holiness, no one will see God, then with holiness, we will see God. As God disciplines us, we become more like Jesus and we will see God. So the invitation, he says, if you look in verse 12, you have it, it says, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. What's our response? Make level paths for your feet. What's our response to discipline? Our response to discipline is not to kind of conjure it up and make something happen. It's just to pay attention to it. There's two options when God disciplines you. When he, when he reminds you, when he points out an area of your life that needs direction, when he points out an area of your life that needs to change, we don't have to fix it on our own, but how we respond to discipline is instead of ignoring it, we say, yes, Lord, I'm here. Let me strengthen my weak knees. Let me strengthen my arms. Let me stand back up and walk towards holiness again. Let me walk towards Jesus. Friends, what I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that being corrected by God, being disciplined by God is good news. Being disciplined by God is good news. Why? Because the more that we are conformed into the image of Jesus, the more we live a life of peace, the more we live a life of love, the more we walk with Jesus. So my response to you, friends, is that as Jesus is disciplining you, maybe you're already well aware of the areas that he is pointing out in your life that need work, or maybe just even now as I'm, as I'm talking or as you're praying, that the Lord is, is calling to mind things that he's been disciplining you for. Son, I, uh, son, I want you to change this. Daughter, uh, uh, let's work on this. He's doing it so that he can call you into holiness so that you can walk with him. And friends, when you walk with him, it is the most peaceful life there is. No discipline is pleasant at the time. I'm not telling you that it's fun, but it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace. Friends, the way to peace is to respond to the Lord's discipline. Can we stand together? We're going to sing a song that that some of you might know. It's called Good Plans, and the the, the chorus goes, refrain, it's the Lord has good plans for me. And friends, I I want you to know 
this shouldn't be heavy. The Lord has a good and beautiful plan for your life. And he has a beautiful plan even more for who he wants you to become. And we become that kind of person by responding to God's discipline. So as we sing this song together, I just encourage you to pray, Lord, what is it that you're pointing out in my life that needs correction? What is it that you're pointing out that needs change? And Lord, would you call me in to holiness? I'm gonna pray and we'll sing together. Jesus, I thank you so much for these students. Lord, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you for your discipline that you lovingly correct us as a loving father to call us to become the kind of people who are like your son. And Lord, I ask that even as we leave this place and even the Holy Spirit, that you would come just even through, um, just even through these words, Lord, through your word, the words of the song, Lord, would you come and encounter us even now? And would you correct us and call us into holiness that we might look more like your son? In Jesus' name.
Cause I'll be dwelling in the house of God Surely your goodness and mercy will follow after me So fear will not find me Cause I'll be dwelling in the house of God Surely your goodness and mercy will follow after me says that those who look to Jesus are radiant and their faces will never be put to shame. What does that mean? As I've been praying for you, as I look at you, when we think about the Lord's discipline, friends, if you will let him, Jesus will turn every one of you into like him. I'm trying to find a word to, to, to put it. If you will allow Jesus to do his work in you, he will make you into the most beautiful, strong, <laughs> unbelievably Christ-like person. That's his goal for the whole world is for every one of you to go out into your schools, into your families, and to represent Jesus. That's the hope in this. That's my prayer for you is that all of you would become more and more like Jesus, that you would grow up to be saints, that you would grow up to be holy, that you would grow up to be the kind of people who represent Jesus to the world. And one of the ways that God accomplishes that is through discipline. So when the Lord corrects you, when difficult things happen, rejoice because you are being led into a place where your life will be full of glory, the most beautiful it could possibly be. So can we all move up to the front here?